There are more possessions reported today than at any other time in history. This Halloween, she answered her calling. So what's your plan? Become the first female exorcist. Somebody had to be the first. But from whom? This relationship she had, it's personal. We've been waiting for you. Pray for the devil. Only in cinemas October 28. Book tickets now. Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now, enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, it's an amazing feeling to have. Good evening, everybody. Uh, wait, no, let me rephrase that. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode 117 of the latest PS5 podcast. Let's be honest now. Let's be real. Let's let's be humble. You know, the best PlayStation podcast in Europe. And I'm here, and we've got a jam-packed show. We are recording a day later. We were thinking, do we record on Wednesday, or do we wait until the Silent Hill transmission event passes which is what we decided to do so we could talk silent hill mm-hmm. we've got a jam-packed episode for you this week we're going to talk about the dual sense pricing and the release date again as i just mentioned we're going to talk silent hill it's back we've got the potential future of haptic feedback which is exciting alex like crazy and we've got what has become a weekly thing now an update on the microsoft activision deal and who better to talk all that with than my co-host himself mr alex sylvester how you doing alex what's up what's up i'm good man how you doing it's crazy you know it's like we, we need to like get, get um like a theme tune for when we hit that microsoft cma activision sony section of the podcast which seems <laughs> to be every episode right yeah, that's going to be a scary theme. But, but yeah, Liz Truss has just uh, resigned, so we're, we're, we're trying to find out who's going to be our next leader now. <laughs> so, exactly, you know what I mean? You know, it's, it's, yeah, between that and Microsoft, you know what I mean? The whole world's going to pop. But hopefully the only gonna... thing more disjointed than going into brick and mortar and buying a PlayStation 5 is the UK government. You know, um, but before we get into all that news, Alex, uh, what have you been playing over the last week? Uh, I've been getting my head around uh, Minecraft. Yeah, I've been uh, diving back into that world. It's a great game. Really good. I can see why it's so popular. Um, also, Tetris 99. So, yeah, I've been diving back onto the, uh, the uh, what's it called, the Nintendo Switch. I haven't actually picked up the PS5 this week, actually. I'm, I think I'm saving myself until um, the launch of God of War. No point, uh, mate. Listen. I think me and the listeners are screaming at you now. There is no point of you going out. We don't want you to count to the millions it's going to sell until you finish the first fucking game. Because there's no (laughs) point of picking up Ragnarok until you finish the first game. You know what I mean? That's funny, because the majority of people who are going to be picking up the game up are going to be picking it up on the PS5. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't even played the first one. They're just like going into the hype. You know, so nah, I'm going to nah, play nah. the first one as a as a prequel. Yeah, so I think it's the best way. That's the way the craze intended. Nah, it. you're not going to get the little nuances and storytelling. <laughs> oh, like, like oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll have them afterwards, isn't it? But, uh, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because if you pick up God of War on launch day, you should finish it by the time the PS7 
launches I was um, with, with your stop start, you know what I mean? Your stop start mythology of gaming. It's hard well, to get like a chunk of time, but you know it's like <laughs> I've uh, I think I've changed the routine, so I don't think God of War will be my 50th platinum. I think that might accidentally become Mass Effect because as I said, I was just um I needed something to play before God of War, and I thought, oh, let me just blitz through the Mass Effect trilogy. And then I found I'm just taking my time with the first game. I'm still on the first game. I'm just enjoying it, doing everything. And then I thought, oh, why does it, why, how many trophies have I got? And then I looked, it was like 81%. And I looked at what's left and I was like, huh, I'm one trophy. I finished the game and then I'm only one trophy away, which will take me an hour to do if I restart. And I was like, okay, okay. So it looks like Mass Effect might be the 50th platinum. The one after 50 will be definitely be God of War. But yeah, playing Mass Effect, uh, playing um, Gran Turismo 7 as well, just enjoying the games and things like that. But speaking of games, Alex, the first story, we've got a whole bunch of games to talk about because we are returning back to Silent Hill. Are you ready? Yeah, man. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, buckle down. This is going to be a long one. Ladies and gentlemen, and for anyone who identifies as an alien, get ready. We are officially returning to Silent Hill. What scary music? So, Sony, uh, Sony. So, Konami held a Silent Hill transmission event, which lasted just under fifty minutes. So, number one, uh, Konami has officially announced a Silent Hill two remake during its Silent Hill transmission event this week, and the game will be a console exclusive to PS five for twelve months. No release date though has been set yet. The game will feature input from famed feature designer Masahiro Ito, who previously worked on the first three Silent Hill games, while composer Akira Yamoka will also be involved in the project. As previously reported, the game is being developed by Bloober Team. The debut trailer for Silent Hill 2 Remake showcased a massive visual overhaul, as you would expect. Protagonist James Sunderland, seen entering the bathroom at the start of the game, were then treated to a various uh, of other locations from the game, as well as dialogue that seems to match the original script word for word. Speaking on the PlayStation blog, Silent Hill 2 Remake developer Bloober Team has announced that the game will feature the best facial expressions in the franchise's entire history. Let me just pause there. No shit, Sherlock. You're using a PS5. This is down to the implementation of state-of-the-art motion capture technology which allows for more nuanced facial animations when compared to the original PS2 version of Silent Hill 2. Hello, PS2 to PS5. As previously (laughs) reported, the horror title is also employing the Unreal Engine 5, so the visuals are hugely improved. Nice. Elsewhere, Silent Hill 2 Remake will use an over-the-shoulder camera instead of the shifting perspective of the original, which will accommodate a total revamped combat system. And they were quoted as saying... One change often brings another. With a new perspective, we're rebuilding the combat system and certain set pieces, amongst other things. Now that you see basically what James can see, we could find new ways to keep the player on edge. So before we move on to the next game, Alex, Bloober Team, I've spoke about them many times on this podcast. You know, the developers of Layers of Fear, quality hidden gem of a game, highly recommended to people. And they've obviously done Layers of Fear 2. Your thoughts on, obviously, Silent Hill 2 Remake being remade it's about time it's about time that they announced it because we already knew that it was actually in the work right it was always been rumored in the back and we kind of knew that blooper team were a part of it um 
you know, a bit tentative about them. I mean, they're great developers. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned two games which were pretty good, but then you also got the medium, which wasn't really that great. Speaking about the medium, I just downloaded it because it was free in the PlayStation Plus this month. So I thought, oh, I'm going to exactly. give this a blast. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That only came out when? Oh gosh, like a day ago. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 glad that they've actually got like the original uh, crates on board as well. It's just gonna make sure that at least they can kind of steer it to keep it a bit as as authentic as possible. Um, but yeah, I just hope that Blue Team doesn't really have complete creative control, you know. And that's that's my only worry. But I'm really happy to see what it looks like, man. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, and I think what excites me as well is I watched the trailer and. At first, we know that the original PlayStation was very limited in terms of its tech, so the fog was used to hide what wasn't really there, and it could load things in the background. (laughs) So I thought, how do they do it on a PS5 with the SSD and the power? But the fog is still there, but obviously that's a part of Silent Hill. The films, the games, they're all about the fog. And I was also reading on the PlayStation blog that they're talking about the use of the DualSense controller mm. and 3D audio and haptic feedback. And I thought, ooh, Silent Hill, can you imagine standing in the fog and you just hear something behind you in the 3D audio and you can't <laughs> see anything yet? And I'm like, like imagine, yeah. I pictured this, imagine you're standing in the fog and you can hear a scratching noise from behind you to the right-hand side over your shoulder and it's getting louder slowly in your 3D audio. Then you start feeling the scratching at the bottom right of the controller working its way up because it's getting closer to you and then you realize it's uh what do you call him again pyramid head and i'm like oh shit! and then you're ready like no is it called pyramid head pyramid thing <laughs> something like that they've got like a crazy name for it but uh um, wait yeah, it, looks, it looks good and obviously pyramid thing head whatever he's back and uh yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of ground to kind of cover. Obviously, they've got the law. Everybody knows about Silent Hill. You know, it is a classic PS2 game. I can't believe it was released in the PS2 way back when. But then mm. since then, I mean, we've had, like, you know, like knockout games like Last of Us, you know, to say, like, Days Gone, you know, these types of games which have, I mean, you look at the Resident Evil franchise, all games which have kind of stepped up in terms of their quality over the generations. So it's going to be interesting to see whether Silent Hill can keep up yeah, they've changed a couple of the angles and they're changing the changing um, the, the graphics and the, um, the effect and fidelity. But will they be able to kind of like and capture that that tension, you know, that that fear, mm. you know, that we, we're kind of not used to, but we're experiencing now with these games that I mentioned. So that's my biggest fear, you know, can yeah. they? And it's good that you mentioned Resident Evil there. They, you know, such an established franchise that is just as long as Silent Hill. Both games launched on the PlayStation 1 and went through PS2 and um, PS3. Resident Evil reinvented itself, you know, with the first-person camera, and then they did the remakes and stuff, but it's Silent Hill's turn. Can they do it? You know, can they capture lightning in a bottle? Because if you go back all the way back to when we did our lists on the latest PSX, which is a Patreon-exclusive episode, where we spoke about the scariest games and I put Silent Hill 2 in there, you know, so I'm just like looking forward to playing this one. But Silent Hill 2 is not the only one. Next up, Scottish studio No Code is developing Silent Hill Townfall, a brand new installment in the long-running psychological horror franchise Konami announced during that Silent Hill transmission broadcast. There's not much known about the game right now, but the trailer features a voiceover that mentions someone being in the town and awaiting punishment. There's also flashes of what appears to be gameplay that indicates that Silent Hill Townfall will present it in, in a first-person perspective. John McKellen, creative director at No Code, commented, 
I remember playing the original Silent Hill on PS1 back in 1999 and became a fan from that moment on. It's a real honor for us to bring a new title to this series that both respects the source material, but also does something a little bit different with it. We can't wait to come back in the new year and show you more. Until then, it might be worth watching that trailer again and see what you might have missed. Silent Hill Townfall is currently in development for as a yet undisclosed platforms and is yet to attract a release date. Something completely different, Alex, but you've got the creative director talking about the original and staying close to um, what made the original great, you know, via its source material and stuff like that. But totally different to Silent Hill 2. We don't know what this one is. It's keeping up there. But the fact that he said uh, the trailer is about... um, you know, somebody being punished in a town. It gives me Wicker Man vibes. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, we haven't really seen... This is a bit more cryptic. Yeah, Silent Hill would kind of know what to expect, but I'm kind of gearing towards this to see what they can pull out, which is going to be really innovative. Silent Hill 2 is just going to be a remake, right? This is going to be like a new direction for the team. And, you know, it, it seems like they're all on board. And it'll be interesting to see exactly how they're going to now to, you know, um, elevate the franchise into something completely different. And with a little bit of intrigue as well, this has actually got me more excited than the actual announcement of Silent Hill 2. So um, I'm curious to see what they got, to say at least. And like the developers as well, what they've done, what what, what, are, they, uh, what are they known for? Is it Anapura? Yeah, they're the publisher of it. Uh, no Code is the developer as well. They've just done little bits and bobs and things, but sometimes having a, a young, fresh development studio brings new ideas and things i think the key thing is that he talked about that he was a fan he played the original and he wants to stay close to the source material so you know it's in good hands so i have a feeling that this game could be like a third person perspective you know um but again it's something different to silent hill 2 remake which is really cool straight but it's straight they did outer wilds yeah okay yeah and so yeah okay. something off the off the wall you know something which has not really been done before it'd be nice to see mm-hmm. the innovation they're going to bring to the game definitely well away from games konami announced during its uh, transmission that director christopher Gans is helming a brand new movie adaption of the franchise known as return to silent hill Gans, who directed the original 2006 silent hill movie will base his next film on the events of silent hill 2 and has promised that a number of iconic creatures such as Pyramid Head will return about with updated designs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was a weird one because the original Silent Hill is actually pretty fucked up. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it, people. It is a good film. It's violent, you know, and very graphic, but that's what Silent Hill and what you kind of, kind of expect it to mm-hmm. be, you know, Um we won't talk about the second one, but the first film is actually really, really good. And I highly recommend people to watch it. You know, um, it's got great tension. It's got great horror. So it's good to see that they've got the director back for this one. And he's now focusing on Silent Hill 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what he can do. Um, I mean, he did Beauty and the Beast last, which was, um, but it wasn't actually the, the the Disney version. But, you know, it was, a, it was a French version, I think. And that was pretty well received. So. I think he's definitely got the skills for it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do with the new technology as well. And again, can he make it engaging? Can he make it, you know, try and create that fear, that tension? That's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I think what he did really well in the first film is when the siren goes off and you know you're going to go in like the 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 different, the, the demonic hell world of it as well. It created that tension as a viewer, like, oh shit, what am I going to see now? You know what I mean? And 
yeah, it will be really cool to see what he does, as you mentioned there, with today's visual effects and things like that. So it will be cool. But back to gaming, Silent Hill F is a new game in the Silent Hill franchise, which was also announced during the event. The story is being penned by creator of When They Cry, Ryukushi 07, while the creature and character designs is led by Kara. It will be produced by Motoi Okamata and developed by Neobards Entertainment, the team behind the Resident Evil multiplayer mode, Reverse. Now, I saw this is obviously just a, a CGI teaser trailer, but look crazy as hell, set in, yeah. like, you know, 1600s Japan, you know, so the horror aspect on that is going to go ring like crazy. Yeah. Um, but another different, totally different Silent Hill game from the other two, just in terms of, obviously, the aesthetic of it and the setting and things. Yeah, man, it's like they're developing a Silent Hillverse, I guess. I don't know, I don't know if it's been coined yet, but um, it's nice to know that they're actually, they've got a lot of faith in the franchise. And, you know, it's good to see that Konami's actually doing more than just making pachinko machines. You know, I mean, this is one of their key franchises, which actually did really well, and they're going back to it and giving it more life. Now, the next thing that I'm sure myself and yourself and a lot of fans out there are calling for is what else have they got in store? Especially oh, we know. We know. We 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 know what it is. That Metal Gear game is coming. Oh, yeah. You know? It'll be Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. Watch, we'll see that one. Yeah, man, they could do the whole collection. You know what I mean? They could actually, they could make a meal of it, man. And like, um, you know, even Oscar Isaacs, if they wanted to take it all theatrical, exp- expressed his um, desire to be Snake, right? So, um. I'd like to see that realized, you know, and mm. it would be nice if video could actually be a part of it, but obviously we'll see what happens with that. Mm. And then finally, Silent Hill Ascension is another brand new Silent Hill project that was revealed today, uh, revealed this week, sorry, during the presentation. What's interesting about Ascension is that it's said to be an interactive streaming series in which audiences will communally make decisions that will shape the canon of Silent Hill. It's said to be coming in July 2023 from four studios working collaboratively on the project, Bad Robot Games, Behaviour Interactive, DJ2 Entertainment and Genvid. The trailer shows a bit of what it might be like with the community being able to weigh in on what's happening on screen and potentially change the course of story. This doesn't excite me because I looked at the trailer and I was like, okay, this just looks like Detroit, but whoever votes the highest happens in the story, you know what I mean? Um, but again, something different, you know, it's not all the same over the camera style, it's different ideas and projects, and they're really trying to explode Silent Hill back onto the mainstream, not just by video games, but by this interactive streaming series, by a movie as well. But Alex, with all of that, Silent Hill is back in a big way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Exciting times. And I guess it's, we're at that stage now where you know, it's a, it's good for key companies like Konami to go back and revisit their key franchises and just breathe new life into them. We've got new technology. We've got new ways of telling the story as well as expanding franchises. And why let all that money just go to waste? You know, um, you can just utilize it. You can breathe new life into it and introduce it to a new audience. So it's going to be really exciting for fans or soon to be fans who are not really familiar with the, the whole Silent Hill law. So it'd be interesting to see what the take is with them. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we just went swinging from games to movies, swinging back to games and to interactive uh, series. Alex, it's time we swing like to something it. completely different. Yeah, let's swing over to developer Insomniac Games, uh, who've announced that Marvel's Spider-Man 2 is still slated to arrive on PS5 in 2023, despite the studio having not shared any new info in quite a while. The studio offered a few brief words on Twitter, 
in exchange with a fan assuring us that the superhero sequel is coming along smoothly. Uh, George uh, goes on to saying, uh, I'm starting to get worried, honestly. I've been bugging Insomniac about it, but I stopped after they told me it wasn't ready. I'm re I really hope that it doesn't get delayed. Disappoint face. Insomniac then goes on to reply, uh, don't worry, we're making good progress and we're still slate for 2023. Showing games takes time, effort, resources, and coordination. Um, and a showcase. And a showcase, yeah. <laughs> um, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will feature both Peter Parker and Miles Morales as they join forces to take down Venom, voiced by horror legend Tony Todd. In fact, Todd himself has teased that the web-slinging sequel is going to be massive in terms of scope, which is good to know. Marvel's Vice President of Games has described um, Spider-Man 2 kind of an Empire Strikes Back, referring to the epic Star Wars film that is commonly cited among fans as the best entry in the franchise. Debatable, but yeah, it's pretty good. Um, prominent and one of the most reliable PlayStation insiders on Twitter, Millie Armand, also stated that Marvel higher-ups have seen the game in action and initially thought they were watching a cutscene. <laughs> Yeah, that just gives me chills. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 is currently in development for the PS5 and is due to launch 2023. Ah, oh, that's just ice on the cake, that is. You know, it's good to know that they're um, they're still working on it. Obviously, you know, with the amount of uh, headlines we've seen recently with companies saying that they're de delaying games due to COVID and, you know... That's a bullshit excuse now. It is. You can't use it today. You know, it's 2022. Well, towards the end, we're going to be in 2023 soon, man. It's like, well, I haven't coughed in days. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what they've got. And the, the way that they're helming it as it being the Empire Strikes Back of the series. Has that got you hyped? I'm already hyped, dude, because I just look at the uh, what's come before it and I don't have to worry. Spider-Man on PS... Spider-Man 2018 on PS4, I was going to say PS2 then, on PS4 was unbelievable because Insomniac got it. Let's just focus on gameplay. Get Spider-Man moving right. That is the priority. Get the combat great. And we're that's it. That's all we need. But they didn't just stop there. They, they put an amazing twist on the story, which fit. When you look back at it now, after the, the final Spider-Man film, mm -hmm and how something happens to every Spider-Man in every universe, and you go back to it, you're like, oh, shit. It's as if Marvel told them something before they made the game because it's like it fits well in that universe as well, you know, and you're like, oh, snap, that's so good. And then Miles Morales came out. Yeah, it was a smaller game, but what Insomniac just did there is gave him an opportunity to develop on the PlayStation 5, see how Spider-Man moves on it, learn the technology, learn the SSD, the features of the controller, and they just took it to a whole nother level. Yes, it was a PS4 game running on PS5, but it was a stunning PS4 game running on yeah. PS5. Yeah. And they utilized the controller amazingly, but what they did, which really made me realize like, oh shit, is the story in Miles Morales, the way it was portrayed, the way it was told in the game was so much better than Spider-Man. And I was just like, oh crap, we're in for a treat if they do another one. And then bang, not only is Spider-Man 2 coming, not only is it Peter Parker and Miles Morales, not only do we have Venom and a whole host of other characters, it's PS5 only. This is a PS5 game. This is not Miles Morales. This is not Horizon. This is not God of War. These are not PS4 games. This is a PS5 game. And the fact that Millie Amand, who I think has like a everything that she says comes to fruition, you know what I mean? And she's usually faster than everybody else. Um, 
has said that Marvel have seen the game behind closed doors. They thought they were watching a cutscene at first and that the animations are groundbreaking, you know, and revolutionary. And you just think to yourself again, what the motherfucking thing is running off a SSD. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised. You know yeah. what I mean? And the, I can just imagine the velocity that you can move at from like a free fall perspective or something with Miles or Peter in this game. And I'm stupidly excited about it. But the most important thing that people seem to forget is Insomniac never have developers talking about crunch because Ted Price, who is the president of Insomniac, says the game is going to get delayed. The game will get delayed. The most important thing is the health and the well-being of Insomniac games. And that's why Insomniac very rarely uses key personnel because they're happy with the environment they work in. And if 2023 is coming up and they're like, oh shit, we're, we're struggling or we're behind a little bit, Sony will turn around and say, um, we can get support studios, which they'll have anyway in place to help Insomniac or Insomniac will say the game won't be ready. And Sony will be like, Insomniac has that clout where the, uh, Sony will be like, okay, the game's not ready, you know, and they'll move it. Yeah. So am I excited? understatement alex absolute oh, yeah. understatement the question is are you ready to see todd howard uh tony todd voice venom in this game like yeah, it's gonna be it's just gonna be it's gonna be awesome they're gonna they're gonna fan service obviously is gonna be a massive checkbox they're gonna make sure that everybody is happy the way they've actually de- they depict venom i mean the films you know has been a bit debatable it's been polarizing but you know with a game from insomniac you know they're 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 trying to make sure that they tick all the boxes to make sure they keep as close to the law as make as as well as making a completely entertaining game. But I'm just I'm just happy for Sony for starters. I mean, come on, how much did they purchase like Insomniac Games for? Like three hundred something million dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this, and it's like the gift that just keeps on giving. I mean, they've got mm. the two, one of the two best Spider-Man games which you've learned from all the previous iterations and has made a phenomenal impact. You know, for the Spider-Man franchise. And now they're going to take it further with, you know, the likes. And you know, and you know what I really liked about Miles Morales and what Insomniac and I'm scared of? They're really focused on Puerto Rico in that game, the feel mm-hmm. of it, the language. They didn't shy away from it. They're really focused on it. And I think yeah. what you're going to see in this game is the continuation of, uh, without spoiling it, what happened to the end of Peter Parker from a personal perspective. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see that play a role in this game i think what you're going to see with miles is his ability to adapt with peter parker on the scene because you know it's just going to be the, the, the storytelling elements of this game are going to be amazing and we don't know yet if there's any co-op mode or anything like that i think <laughs> but i think the most important thing they have to that, they have to i know but you know what I, I, I think what i would rather like is that the teaser yeah. trailer that they showed it showed them doing moves together and fighting alongside each other. Now, I think from a gameplay perspective, I can imagine that uh, it's going to be hugely open world, but the mission structure will funnel like you. Certain missions won't open until you've hit that story beat with both characters. I think yeah. it will be, there'll be missions for Miles. There'll be missions for Peter. There'll be missions that are together, but I think you can just press a button and you'll transition instantly between yeah. two of them. You know what I mean? Even in combat, like you could be fighting one person, you just press a button and it just, bam, 
you're the next one, you know what I mean? Imagine but they'll do it in such a wicked animation. It'll be like Imagine oh. for multiplayer. I mean, like, like say like you're you're about to be a boss, which you know requires two players, and I'm just swinging around the city on a different level. You suddenly get like a a, a point on the beacon just saying, Oh, there's something happening over here. You swing yeah. over, Well, dude, imagine that. Like oh. here's a here's a perfect example, Miles Morales. You because you've played the if you remember, yeah. you played the boss battle. Mm-hmm. You're you imagine you're just swinging and then you just see me holding on to Rhino running through a fucking shopping mall because I'm uh, fighting right, you know. I mean, like that. It's just the possibilities are endless on it, man. I mean, just talking about it is exciting, and I think what makes us more excited is the fact that we know it's Insomniac. Who we know now since Sony purchased them. Do not miss. So, and it's all PS5 exclusive. They ground up, man. I mean, come on. Uh, Definitely, man. Definitely. This episode is brought to you by UGG. How you feel matters and what you think carries weight. The world outside is calling for you and you get to define your style from within. Imagine a space where you can speak your mind and share your truth. What does that feel like? It feels like purpose. It feels like optimism. It feels like craft. It feels like extreme comfort. It feels like UGG. Visit UGG.com forward slash UK to find out more. Hello, latest PS5 community. It's Demi, and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there, you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay, and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it right now subscribe right now i'm watching you i'm gonna give you zero seconds to subscribe done it good back to the show all right alex we were worried about it and we were right to worry about it number three sony interactive entertainment has announced that the dual sense edge controller will be released worldwide on january 26 2023 are you ready? The yeah. DualSense Edge controller will retail for $199. That's £210. And will be available for pre-order on October 25th, 2022. You'll also be able to pick up the replaceable stick modules day and date with the controller itself, which will set you back $20 or £20. If you're not familiar with the DualSense Edge controller, here's the official statement from Sony. The DualSense Edge wireless controller features a host of hardware and software-based personalization options, including button remapping, the ability to fine-tune stick sensitivity and triggers, options to swap between multiple control profiles, and a unique on-controller user interface. It also supports the signature comfort and immersive features of the DualSense wireless controller, like haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. So what does £210 or $200 get you in the package, Alex? Well, you get a very sexy, cute little uh, handy carry case. Woo-hoo. Yeah. But you also get the DualSense Edge wireless controller, a USB braided cable, two standard caps, two high dome caps, two low dome caps, two half dome back buttons, two leather back buttons, connector housing, and the carrying case. While PlayStation Direct will offer the controller from January 26th in the us uk france germany and oh sorry while playstation direct will offer the controller from january 26 in the us the uk france germany holland belgium and luxembourg participating relays will not stock the pad until february 23rd so if you order it from the playstation direct you'll get it from obviously those countries i just mentioned if you want to get it from stores it might not be until the end of february but alex rewind 210 
pounds. You know, we knew it was going to be pricey, but whoa. <laughs> That's a bargain when you consider it. Well, I mean, it's a great, you know, it's the cheapest control I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, would, I mean, you, for 210 pounds, I think the most important thing is this is not the Sony from PS3 or late no. PS2. This is, you are getting 210 pounds for absolute quality but it did not cost 210 pound to manufacture so there's wow. a bit of margin there's quite yeah, a bit of margin on this controller right a tad. yeah yeah but the <laughs> thing is i mean i mean we've, we've gushed about the the um the dual sense on this show countless times it's an amazing controller it's like probably one of the best innovations in the past 10 years you know it's like it's just great. 10 yeah probably <laughs> yeah okay maybe a bit more it's a great piece of you know machinery you know and the fact is that they're actually coming out with a dual edge controller a premium version of that greatness just especially when the rest of the majority of the world hasn't even got their hands on the first one you know it just kind of seems to me a little bit premature you know obviously they want to try and take advantage of the premium market xbox has held that down for a very long period of time and uh, you know, and there are gamers out there who really want to make sure that they I have the best yeah. customizable shit. Well, you look at the people who stream online. You know, uh, the Call of Duty players online, the FIFA players online. You know, the streamers and the YouTubers who all use it. They will all pick up the DualSense Edge. The hardcore PlayStation yeah. fans yeah. will pick up the DualSense Edge controller. I don't. I was looking at it, and I thought before when they said they were going to announce a date, I knew they were going to announce it, and I was like, okay, let's see what the price is. And in my head. I thought if it's a hundred pound, I'll buy it. Anything over, I'm not gonna buy it. So <laughs> no, I'm not buying it. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't need it because the dual sense controller itself is fucking amazing. Like I'm playing mm -hmm. Mass Effect, which is a PS bloody three, three sixty generational game. Never hit PS3, but it's a, that generation's game. Mm -hmm. Has no haptic feedback or anything on the dual sense, but it still feels amazing to play on a dual sense controller. And I'm just yeah. like and I don't need a dual sense to smash you in Tekken. So it's yeah. just like, you know what I mean? It's Probably all will. fine. You, you know what I mean? Need, you definitely need the edge. Definitely. I think that's but I'll be honest with you. If there was a game that made me want to buy a dual sense just for the nuances of the feel, it would be Tekken just to feel like every tiny little bit of it. Yeah. Like I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get this. But yeah. problem with Sony is there's another set of controllers I need that have haptic feedback in it. But I'm scared now because if you're charging us 210 for the PlayStation, 210 pounds for the PlayStation Edge controller, what the God is green air for you charging us for PSVR 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, with controllers, you know what With I mean? controllers, yeah. They're going to be separate, obviously, right? But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's looking like they're just going to be. I mean, Sony sticking to their promise. You know, they've been increasing prices left, right, and center while reducing the weight and uh, production costs. You know, which is just pure business. That's all these companies do. They make profit. But um, I guess this is no exception. I mean, look, you get in what two, four, six, eight, ten, ten additional pieces. You know, to this new uh, dual edge controller, which you know. Well, if you look at it, they said the two standard caps, and this is the replacement, like sticks and caps and stuff, are twenty pounds. So if if this is the caps yeah. and not the entire stick, let's say the caps are like eight quid, right? Mm -hmm. That's eight, sixteen, twenty-four, thirty-two pounds worth of caps in there yeah. as well. Okay, I can see that. But at the end caps. of the day, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just like. I like the idea that you never have to buy another pad. If you think about it, right, Al, and say you have a, say you have the PlayStation Five this entire generation, you'll probably buy two pads, three pads with any console really, whether it be that you just want a new fresh pad or you want a color or it's really worn, I need a new pad or whatever, right? 
So this is kind of, this dual sense is going to last you the entire generation because when these sticks are worn or you think there's something wrong, you can just buy new ones for twenty bucks, right? Sure. So I can see the longevity of it, but right. just still the the introductory price of two hundred and ten pound is insane. It's, it's a bit of a shock, but then you look at Xbox. Xbox is doing their like what one sixty for their Elite controller. Mm. One sixty with that, you yeah, get like uh... you get eight eight adaptable pieces for it. So. And pretty much you still get a braided cable, you still get a carrying case, you still get all the standard shit that Sony's trying to offer. Do you get, uh, do you get adaptive triggers and a haptic feedback? Like the Jules said. <laughs> that's the only thing. So that's what you're paying for. And hopefully, hopefully it's a little bit more premium, you know, and I'm hoping that the battery life on this, I'm not sure if they've mentioned it. No, no, they mentioned batteries. probably yeah, going to be like a... Yeah, yeah. Well, at the same time as well, I think you said the key word there was premium and Sony said even mm. before PS5 came out in the Wired articles they, and Cerny's Power Hour, they always talked about it's a premium ecosystem for mm. PlayStation 5. And if you look at something as basic as the USB, uh, the, the, re- the media remote, yeah. it's, it's premium. You know, it's a really nice futuristic, it feels like an Apple mouse more than a remote, you know. Yeah. Everything that's official from Sony is literally premium. And uh, I was reading the reviews of the Backbone controller, which Sony didn't make themselves, but they've Mm -hmm. officially partnered with it. And people just talking about how amazing it is, how it feels great, and how it it doesn't fit with the new iPhone 14. And people were like, oh, what's going on here? And then they got an email from Sony and Backbone saying that, uh, don't worry, um, just give us your address and we'll send you a free of charge uh, adapter that will fit on the iPhone 14 to let the backbone. So everything about PlayStation 5 and the, this ecosystem is premium. So we can see yeah. why the DualSense Edge costs this much. And even when that, you go back and look at it, you're like, this is like a minority report pad, man. This is ridiculous. It you know seem- what I mean? But Alex, my transitions are on fire yeah, today. We're talking about cool. minority report. Hit us right? with number four. Oh, shit. I like the way you did that, actually. Um, we're talking about tech. We're talking about evolution, the evolution of tech. And from uh, resistor triggers to haptic feedback to something completely different. Sony Interactive Entertainment has filed a new patent that indicates the format holder is looking to implement mid-air haptics using ultrasound waves. Oh, my face. Just saying that alone, you just you know you're in the future now, isn't it? <laughs> just just saying it, I'm like, geez. Dude, that, 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 that goes past the Ready Player One, which had yeah. panels yeah. on the bodies. Exactly. You know? It's like, what is that? You know what I mean? That's supposed to be the future, not us. Haptic feedback is already featured on the Dual Sense and the forthcoming Sense controller for the PSVR two. But this patent appears to point towards augmented and virtual reality. Here's a couple of extracts from the patent descriptions for more details. So more specifically, the present invention concerns the use of ultra, oh sorry, ultrasonic energy to provide mid-air tactile sensations with the hands or other body parts as users interact with objects in an immersive computing environment. There is a need in the art of for a mid-air haptic interface that imparts a degree of realism equal to that implemented by an immersive computing experience without the need for complex physical installations like we're talking about with Ready Player One or other custom design venues. Patents are filed by companies all the time and don't necessarily, don't necessarily mean that technology will ever come out, it will come to fruition. But as mentioned, haptics are already a big part of Sony's devices in this generation. And to be honest, this is me here, Sony is, is leading the way in terms of haptics. I mean, obviously, Sony, uh, Nintendo with their um, uh, uh, their pad, you know what I mean? They, which 
I've forgot the name now because Joy-Con. No, not the Joy-Cons. The actual pad, the key, the Pro pad. Yeah, so the SwitchPad Pro. I mean, that took haptics to another level. You know, I mean, that's pretty much where I guess Sony's using the same kind of company for that. But then they just took it to another level with the DualSense. You know, it's more immersive. It's It's got a lot more detail to it, not to mention you've got the resistance triggers. So Sony's already set themselves as an innovator now or the key innovator when it comes to gaming. And, you know, rightly so. But when you hear information like this, I mean, can I just say that again? Mid-air haptics using ultrasound waves. It's just insane. How are they going to make that work? Well, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about that. And listeners, if you go back in this podcast feed or go to our YouTube channel, actually, um, Demi talks about it at some point in this advert in this episode. Uh, we did an interview with the developers of Quantum Era Team Kill Media, and they went into ultra detail about how the Dual Sense creates those feedbacks with sound. And all you really need is like, if you think about it, you just need some device that will sit in front of you that will push out the sound like a subwoofer, but like on a fucking nuclear level, right? Yeah. To the point where you can feel it in your body. And the idea that towards the end of the PSVR 2 generation, you could be playing a VR game and feeling this sort of stuff you know without any like you know thing touching you and like you know picking up a box or something and it's the sound waves are messing up your human dna and remixing it and shit with the um vibrations oh my i mean even if it doesn't happen it's just so cool to read about and you're like yeah sony's going skynet and we don't even know about it skynet i mean obviously they're, they're talking about creating you know being able to touch physical items in in space um, which, I mean, obviously, it's, it's you know, there's only so far they can take it. We're not really going to be talking about hard light or hard objects. But I guess just the impression, for example, that you you potentially hit a wall and you, you can feel it vibrating a bit more than than usual. You know, things like that is is very impressive. And I guess where they're talk, taking things with PSVR 2 and beyond, creating a fully immersive, uh, you know, environment, you know, they could just be the masses of that because like companies like what Meta aren't even thinking about this. You know, there's nobody on this level right now. I mean, I think they must have kidnapped like an alien or something or somebody from the future <laughs> because this this innovation is definitely welcomed. And obviously I've won. I'm excited. Well, we're in an acquisition generation, so they probably acquired Area 51 and nobody knew about it, right? Steve's <laughs> <laughs> working with Sony. Get it here first. <laughs> That's it. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to go from uh, ultra sound waves to imagine that happening to you with three claws. I read this article in the New York Times about Sinead O'Connor that completely shattered my previously held beliefs. This is the kind of journalism I just didn't expect to really see. Talking about John Coltrane, one of my heroes, and Gustavo Cerati, you know, one of the most iconic rock stars in Latin America. I listened to this episode of The Daily, and I thought it was doing a good job trying to explain the French point of view. It's made me a lot more thoughtful in trying to look at different perspectives. My father, we don't agree but i often text him articles and we'll discuss it later the new york times is my doorway it's my connection to the world my name is marco i'm jordan vera victoire i've been a subscriber of the new york times for six years 21 years from the time i was a child the new york times for me is about the joy of uncovering something new in the world find out how the new york times can fit into your life at nytimes.com life 
Hey everyone, now I'm going to keep it real with you for a sec. There's nothing I enjoy more than sitting down with my friends and spilling all the tea. For that reason, let me introduce to you The Rumour Mill. This is a show that is exclusive to Patreon. Now, we know that the latest PS5 show is dedicated to actual news, but the rumor mill is all about the juicy rumors in the video game industry. Our hosts sit down and discuss the biggest rumors there is. So if you enjoy a little tea being spilled, become a patron, support the show, and gain access to the rumor mill each month. Number five, Alex. Yeah. We're going back to the big boys themselves. Insomniac Games' upcoming Marvel's Wolverine will launch in 2023, according to format holder Microsoft. Yes, we're at that section. The claim was spotted by Tech for Gamers and made during a regulatory filing published by the Competition and Markets Authority, CMA, this week, which is currently investigating Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activism Blizzard. In it, Microsoft outlines a number of exclusives coming to PS5. So this is from Microsoft. PlayStation also has a spat of first and third party exclusive titles lined up for launch in 2023, including Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, Horizon, Final Fantasy 16, and Forspoken. Sony and Insomniac Games haven't announced any release window for Marvel's Wolverine yet, with the game being announced last year as being very early in production. So, Alex, before I move on from there, uh, Microsoft saying that Wolverine is coming in 2023. So that could be any, they're talking about probably fiscal. So you're looking at March 2023 to March 2024 on that one. Uh, Sticking with the UK CMA, it has published a statement regarding Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, citing that it concerns with granted approval for the acquisition come from Microsoft's actions after it acquired ZeniMax, which is Bethesda. Third parties told the CMA that Microsoft would benefit from making Activision's content exclusive to Game Pass and that this would be consistent with Microsoft's behavior in relation to past acquisitions, including that of ZeniMax Media, where Microsoft did not uphold its promise to continue making Bethesda content available on multiple stores and platforms. Call of Duty is a franchise that's being brought up most in regards to the potential holding up of the deal, but it seems like the CMA is concerned beyond just this one franchise. So, Alex, rewind. Wolverine 2023, that up until March 2024. Do you think it will happen? Yes or no? No. No, that's that's coming out towards the end of the year. The only thing that's interesting to me is we spoke about it last week. Sony want to sell 30 million PlayStation 5s between March 2023 and 2024. So you need games to do that. And obviously, Spider-Man 2... And Final Fantasy 16 are huge million-selling consoles, right? You know, they're, they're games that will sell you consoles. I mean, you could chuck Wolverine in there, you know what I mean, if they know that that's coming. But Alex, let me give you a bit of idea. I didn't mention this last week. In one year, Ooh. Sony planned to sell more consoles than Nintendo did the GameCube in its entire lifetime and Microsoft did in its first Xbox. In one year, Sony intended to try and do that. That is fucking ridiculous. That is but, ridiculous, but also it's a very low bar of entry. You know, I mean, like GameCube again, and Microsoft. I, think, I mean, come on, GameCube was like, eh. and I know, Microsoft, but still, the whole generation, like a whole Why generation, that is. You know, you're gonna get grab a headline where you can. You know, come on, Sony. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, they'll they'll do what they can. But um, there's other things that are still coming out about this Activision deal. Obviously, we already spoke about this. You know, we 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 preempt this last week, and we said that CMA were worried about Game Pass and things. More has come to light that Microsoft 
did offer Game Pass to PlayStation, which again, we've spoken about on this episode. Thanks to the insider, Millie Amand. And we obviously spoke about that's the end game. That's the end goal for them. It's what they want to do. And it's come out that Microsoft did offer it to Sony and Sony said no. And they turned down the deal that Microsoft offered. Microsoft is so funny because we kept talking about them contradicting themselves. They said it doesn't make business sense to take Call of Duty away from PlayStation. We're not going to take Call of Duty. We're not going to take Call of Duty. And then a new report from them this past week states that the deal ran till 2027 and Sony said no. So what the fuck are we going to do after 2027? You know what I mean? Like it's, Which makes me realize as well, and I'm surprised no one's saying this, 2027 is when the PlayStation 6 will come out. Why 2027, right? It's the end of this current generation, right? And nobody's picking up on it. Like, why specifically 2027? Yeah. And I thought, okay, that means if it's the end of 2027, the PlayStation 5 would have been out for six years. Yeah, which is... Which is about right, you know, it aligns right. So that's what Microsoft are saying is, yeah, we're going to launch the new Xbox. We're going to launch a new PlayStation for 2027. The only difference is the new Xbox will have the only next generation Call of Duty on there and the only the PlayStation 5 version, not the PlayStation 6 will have COD. But Mike Sony, if you do want COD on your PlayStation 6, you need a streaming service on there. Oh, look at what we have right here. Game Pass, you know. <laughs> I love this. Like when when Apple and Epic went at it, we learned so yeah. much ins and outs of the business and we're doing the same thing this time around. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we just saw as well, was it that uh, the CMA told, is it Meta, that they have to sell Giphy, you know, because they're not letting it go through on the deal. So now Meta have to sell that. And now it's, it's getting interesting. This is it's, it's getting you know, very interesting. And like, when you see, uh, you know, Microsoft is also looking to launch one of their apps on the Google Play Store, right? So they're mm-hmm. they're they're siding a lot with Google. I mean, even their recent um, iteration of Windows, Windows 11, and Microsoft Edge, you know, they're all using Google's platforms now, and it just seems like they're going to be interacting a lot more with Google going forward. And I think that was one of the places for contention with CMA as well, because obviously the same thing what happened with Apple and Epic, you know, who's actually getting how much of what and how do you split, you know, all the equities are, um, equally. But I mean, for me, when it comes down to Sony as well, I mean, yeah, you're talking about the next PlayStation 6 iteration in 2027. That's just exciting me as well. But then when you think about exactly what they would also like to do with the franchise, you know, I mean, Call of Duty is massive. And with Sony establishing themselves as the VR specialists you know they would love to have that on board you know and i'm guessing they're looking at ps6 being vr heavy you know what i mean and without having a game like call of duty it's going to be very difficult for them to actually capture the audience and it'll be very easy for a company like microsoft to capture the vr audience which is going to be massive you know in the next Mm. five to ten years so it's all up in the air right now and sony is paying whoever they can to to make sure that they can put any as much stops in for this whole deal and uh, microsoft's paying as many people as they can to make sure that the deal goes forward as we saw last week with Brazil, right so um we'll see what happens you know this is we're talking about the war going on in the world we've got like a massive war happening right now in the computer games industry and it's got microsoft blizzard and sony right in the middle of it so uh stay tuned mm. excellent well you spoke about uh, the sky's the limit and looking up at the sky. If you look up at the sky, the furthest thing you're going to see up there for September was the PS5. 
as you got story number six. <laughs> Segways, and I'm loving this, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, appreciate it, people. <laughs> it's cracking me up. All right, according to GameIndustry.biz's uh, Christopher Dring, hardware sales in the UK for September 2022 were massively up for all three platform holders, with the PS5 taking the number one spot. Like it just last week, in it was revealed that the PS5 UK sales had surpassed 2 million units in the region, becoming the fourth fastest selling console of all time. This follows on from Sony's confirmation earlier in the year that its flagship console has shipped 21.7 million units worldwide. In regards to accessories, once again, the PS5 DualSense controller was number one. And why not? It's just an amazing, amazing piece of hardware. But yeah, look at that. You know they're they're smashing it. Sony is is doing what they wanted to do. They're they're breaking their own records, and now they are the fourth. They've got the fourth fastest selling console of all time. I want to know who are the top three. I know Nintendo's in there somewhere. Oh, we, we spoke about it last week, didn't we? Last week, uh, right? we, we, we did it. I think it was. Um... It doesn't matter who's number two, three, and four. You know that number one was the Wii, right? It was the <laughs> Wii, PlayStation Two, PlayStation One, and then PlayStation Five. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just shows again. That's another month, Alex. August, September. It just shows that PS Five stock is healthy in the UK. When I say healthy, it's still kind of hard to get a hold of one, but it's still having an impact. It was up nine percent in sales month over month. The Xbox had a massive influx. It was up one hundred and nine percent from August, but still finished behind the PlayStation Five, which shows you what happened in August, right? Yeah. The Switch was also up as well. So great time. People are picking up consoles now. Um, yeah in preparation for christmas and the holidays yeah you know that's when we know that consoles will go light and i can imagine the god of war bundles are coming into the the ports now as we speak right it's already gold the code is already in the box it's already coming in you know so we're going to see god of war bundles everywhere on that one it will be the end of seeing horizon in the top 10 with those bundle deals (laughs) unfortunate but you know they've had a good run. <laughs> no one has hit the top spot as many times as Horizon this year, so well done to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to Demi now, who has speaking of September, she has the best-selling games of September for us. So take it away, Demi. There are more possessions reported today than at any other time in history. This Halloween, she answered her calling. So what's your plan? Become the first female exorcist. Somebody had to be the first. But from whom? This relationship she had, it's personal. We've been waiting for you. Pray for the devil. Only in cinemas October 28. Book tickets now. This episode is brought to you by UGG. How you feel matters, and what you think carries weight. The world outside is calling for you, and you get to define your style from within. Imagine a space where you can speak your mind and share your truth. What does that feel like? It feels like purpose. It feels like optimism. It feels like craft. It feels like extreme comfort. It feels like UGG. Visit UGG.com forward slash UK to find out more. 
And now for the UK sales charts for the week. The UK games market saw a big jump in console sales during September, but the overall sector remains down over 2021. There are several new additions to this week's chart, so we're just going to jump straight into it. At number 10, we have Nintendo Switch Sports with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at number 9. Number 8 is F1 Manager 22 with Red Dead Redemption 2 at number 7. At number 6 is Saints Row. And number 5, a new addition to the charts this week, is The Last of Us Part 1. At number 4 is Splatoon 3. And number 3 is NBA 2K23. So this one manages number 3 in its first month. And it is a strong performance with sales up over 25% compared with its predecessor. At number 2... <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5. Now, this is a side note. It is crazy to me that GTA 5 is still thriving nine years later. And I'm sure Alex will agree with me on this. I actually did a bit of research as to why GTA 5 is still so popular today. And there are many people asking the same question. GTA Online feature updates are, of course, a big reason. But there seems to be a lot of social media content centered around the gameplay. And if you haven't seen the TikToks on how people are acting out GTA characters, then please do. They are hilarious. At number one, I don't even think I need to say it. I think it's pretty obvious. FIFA 23. So the market was driven by FIFA 23, which accounted for over a third of all games sold in the UK last month, despite only being on sale for a few days. Sales for FIFA 23 are also 6% higher than FIFA 22. And that's it, folks. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that FIFA 23 will continue to dominate the charts for another week. What do you think? Catch me next week for the updates. All right, Alex, just some side news moving on from that chart. Capcom has announced that Devil May Cry 5 has now sold over 6 million copies worldwide following its launch in March 2019. The news comes around six months after the publisher announced that the stylish hack and slash title had sold 5 million copies. So Devil May Cry 5 is obviously still settling pretty well. Great game. Fucking amazing combat in that game. I finished that game um, on the PS5 as well. Nice. Again, it's a PS4 game built on PS5, but it still moves great on PlayStation 5. Um, but 6 million for Devil May Cry 5. That means that you're getting Devil May Cry 6 eventually, aren't we? coming and who's to say that that's the only thing they're going to bring out they're probably trying to push towards a netflix special or amazon <laughs> why not it needs an anime a proper anime if anything you an anime is definitely yes, i'd back that definitely because you can't make a film of it or a tv show because mm. it's just constant steam with swords that's all it is <laughs> just just that work on a storyline yeah and just save like just say make some absolutely crazy insane action set pieces it could be really entertaining you know yeah, so um, yeah i'm looking forward to what they got Hello, everyone. This is very exciting. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Okay, so the reason why I'm so excited is that I'm going to be bringing back a highly requested segment from you guys. Each week, I'll be recommending a game that I think you will love. I'll be focusing less on AAA titles and more on the games that aren't in the forefront of gaming chatter, similar to titles like Sunny chose previously, such as The Invincible and Trek to Yomi. And if you like the sound of these hidden gems, the links to each game will be in the description for you guys to check out also. Now, kicking the segment off with my first recommendation, we are welcoming the spooky season this week with an upcoming psychedelic survival horror called The Chant. So, 
in the chant. You are playing as Jess, who joins a spiritual retreat on an island after a past traumatic event. A chant that we do awakens a parasitic dimension called the gloom, which threatens to take control over the island and everything on it. What makes this game stand out from other horrors is that our physical, mental and spiritual health are at stake, whether this be through our dialogue, meditation or resources found throughout. This also has an effect on how our story concludes, so no pressure. So, for example, if Jess encounters enemies, her mental health will take a hit. And if that bar hits zero, it triggers Jess to have a mental breakdown, which leaves her vulnerable to attack or instant death. You can counter that with ginger, so like a health pack, or you can find a safe zone to meditate, which in turn comes at a cost as it depletes the spiritual meter. Now, in the game, we are not fighters, so combat is limited to crafting sticks and other melee weapons. There are many items to collect and puzzles to solve as you discover the secrets to this island's former inhabitants. If I had to compare the chant, it would be a cross between the Either Within and Midsummer. There are some horrifying visuals in this one, court-like undertones and plenty to explore. The chant is developed by Brass Token and is released on PS5 in November. Make sure you check it out through the link in the description. Excellent. Uh, yeah, the chant, it looks proper crazy. There's a lot of horror games going on at the moment, Alex, you know, with all these like, you know, horror space, Dead Space, the Callisto Protocol, you've got Silent Hill 2 remake, about fucking 10 million Silent Hill games, you've got Resident Evil DLCs and stuff like that. And now you have the chant, a psychedelic survival horror, you know, um, very excited for that game. And as Demi mentioned, the trailer for that game is in the description of this podcast. Oh, but Alex, not to forget, there's the game called Evil West, which is not really getting as much attention as I thought he would do. That game looks absolutely phenomenal. You mm. know, set in the Midwest in vampires and ghouls and all the, the horror antics. I think it's still scheduled to come out this year. Um, I think November. So um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that as well. It's that time of year, isn't it? Horror films, horror games. It's horror, all good. Horror. Exactly. Uh, well, now we'll move on to Demi's favourite part of the show, which is the listener letters. Okay, guys, so it is letter time. As you know, I love these, so make sure you send us your questions via the links in the description. Two more here tonight. First up is Frankie from Ohio. They say, hey, hey, Alex. Hey, hey, Sonny. Hey, hey, Demi. Hey, hey, Frankie. I am a new listener to the show and I cannot wait for more. What is the most anticipated game for you? My most anticipated is Spider-Man 2. Tough question there from Frankie, Alex. Uh, most anticipated game his or hers um, is Spider-Man 2, which we just spoke about. And that's a good shout, you know, for most anticipated game. But let's make it a bit more intriguing because you'll just say Metal Gear Solid Remake. Alex, this can only be announced games. <laughs> so you cannot say Metal Gear Solid Remake because that is not officially announced. It's not officially so... announced, but we know that it's it's in the works. But uh, as we mentioned at the top of the game, uh, at the top of the game, um, at the top of the show, uh, Silent Hill. You know, I'm really curious to see exactly how they're going to, uh, in particular, um, it's the, which is the variations, there's so many different variations of it, but pretty much all the iterations of it, I'm looking but forward The main to. one is Silent Hill 2 Remake. Not, yeah. the, not Silent Hill 2, what was the other one? Was it Silent Hill F? Oh, the Japanese one. The Japanese one, yeah, that just seems like it's just going to be something completely different to what they're, they're usually used to doing. So, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so that's what I'm I'm looking forward to. So anything from Silent Hill, see if they can actually just reinvigorate the fans again. 
um, especially mm. after the success of uh, PT, right? PT was supposed to be part of the Silent Hill franchise at some point. Yeah, it was supposed to be Silent Hills, which was a, a Kojima game, but that's not obviously happening now. That's gone. Um, but he's making a horror game, so he's probably just took all his ideas and thought, I'm going to do that there then, but it's not called Silent Hills. Right. Um, for me, the obvious answer is God of War, but I'm going to put that aside because we're so close to it now. So it's, really uh, <laughs> it's left the anticipated list now. I think my most anticipated game is probably Tekken 8. Just It just looks so good. And I'm just imagining what the controller feels like in my hand. That's what's exciting me the most is how does the controller feel when you're smacking the crap out of people in that game? Um, <laughs> so Tekken 8 is my most anticipated. And there's loads of games. I was trying to think. I was like, okay, there's Spider-Man 2. There was Wolverine. That's all Sony's bloody announced. You know what I mean? And then there's your usual stuff. So there's not much being announced by them. Um, I'm intrigued by the new Need for Speed, but um, my most anticipated game, bar none, without a doubt, is obviously Tekken 8. Um, yeah. Just, I can't wait to smash your fucking face in that yeah, game. Like, oh, I'm whoop your ass, mate. Whoop it! But uh, yeah, I think it's, there's going to be uh, a lot of... It's going to be interesting to see exactly what unannounced games are going to be suddenly popping up, and hopefully we do get like a showcase or something from Sony, mm-hmm. you know, the next few months. So uh, let's 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 cross our fingers, shall we, people? <laughs> Mass from Lithuania says, all news of Call of Duty going on. What is the first and best Call of Duty memory for you? Mass, you are asking a taboo question with the investigation going on now. So legally, we're not allowed to answer this question about Call of Duty because the CMA might, uh, you know, take that on board and Microsoft might use it in their negotiation tactics. <laughs> you know, they might pay us I, off. Yeah. I'm only joking. Um, it's hard because I don't really have a really early Call of Duty memory because I'll be honest, when the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2 were out, I was fully blown in the Medal of Honor camp. You know, Medal of Honor was the game for killing Germans back in the day, you know, killing Nazis, sorry, back in the day. So I was Medal of Honor, PS1, PS2. I think my earliest Call of Duty memory is playing Call of Duty on the 360 at launch. Obviously, I just, I was like, wow, look at these graphics, you know, because you've gone from PS2 to 360 at the time. And we had a, I didn't have a 360, um, but I had it in a place where we worked when I was working in game. And I was playing the demo of Call of Duty on there. And I was like, holy shit, look at these graphics. So that's my earliest memory of COD. My favorite is, as it will always be the same, is just sitting in a living room, two TVs back to back, me and my cousin versus my brother and cousin all night, two on two sabotage. Just, it was jokes, absolute jokes. Just setting traps for them and you blink and it's five in the morning. You're like, oh shit, we've been playing Call of Duty all bloody night, you know. Um, Those are the memories, man. That's my favourite COD memory. I think from just a campaign perspective as well, just when you play like the original Black Ops or the original Modern Warfare and you're just like, oh shit, this is good. Or two-player Spec Ops in Modern Warfare as well. A lot of people are listening to this thinking, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember this. A lot of people play COD for different reasons. And that's a good thing about COD. It has so many different reasons to play. Some people will say multiplayer. Some people will say campaign. Some people will play, say zombies. Some will say spec ops. But that local multiplayer with my cousins and brother, two on two, my favorite memory of Call of Duty. What's yours, Alex? Uh, mine uh, would be, I think it's... I think it's Besides modern- eating my bullets. 
Yeah, I don't think we've actually. <laughs> lucky. Really lucky. Alex is one of those uh, that will play COD and he'll be looking he, at the sky as he's getting yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah, when it comes to when it comes to FPS, <laughs> that's the reason why I don't play because you know I really feel sorry for everyone I whooped. You know what I mean? It really yeah. Okay. Totally Here we go. Well, before that all happened, and I got you know heartstrings in that. Um, it was a uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare on the Xbox 360 when that first came out. That was, I mean, that's when. Xbox was smashing it back then when they released it, you know, and it looked it looked great. You know, it looked like an awesome title. It was probably one of the best um, uh, looking Call of Duty games, especially at that time as well. And uh, it was bar none, pretty much one of the best shooters out there, obviously, which has now continued to being what it is today. Um, and I remember just completely being completely drunk as hell. Uh, and just picking up that game, <laughs> no, completely hungover uh, from the uni, picking up that game and then just going completely in. Um, on whatever enemy there was. I can't remember where it was, but I loved it. I loved it. And I've already thought that um, if they could continue this trend, it was going to be one of the best games or franchise of all time. And look what's happened. It is now the best exactly. game and franchise of all it's, time. It's, the, it's, it's at the heart of a, a takeover negotiation. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So, um, yeah, that, that brings me back. Bloody hell. But yeah, good question. Excellent. Um, and to our patrons, apologies. There will be a rumor mill and latest PSX this week. I will record that. We're just trying to sort out schedules and times and stuff like that. But look, Alex, that is the show, news heavy show. I love news heavy shows, you know, they're a lot of fun and things like that. Uh, Demi, thank you for all your input as well on the show. Alex, have you got any final comments for the listeners this week? Subscribe, 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 comment, 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 subscribe. That's it. Yeah. And mine is, if you're having a bad day, just transition through it, because that's what we did in this episode. Transition <laughs> after transition. Transition, after transition. game. I like it, man. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>